Ion 2020 episode 239. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host. You're listening to Ion 2020 giving you the news and things that go on in the 2020 election, but not much is being talked about in the election today. Not much at all. Not much happened yesterday either. And the reason why is because they were having the House Judiciary Committee was meeting in order to talk about the impeachment process. And the impeachment process is going on, and that's pretty much what the news would be all about as well. That's about what anything that they'd be talking about today is basically the House and the Judiciary Committee meeting to talk about impeachment. And they basically had, this is what happened. So I listened to a little bit of it yesterday. I couldn't sit there and listen to the whole thing, but I listened to quite a bit of it. Just because, you know, this is Ion 2020. I got to keep an eye on what's going on, right? So I'm going to do that for you so you don't have to. So you can come back every day confident that you're going to get a general overview of what's really important in the news because I keep an eye on it. Just enough to know that, give you guys a nice libertarian critique, you know? But, um, yeah, so I, I paid attention to it a little bit, and just, you know, they basically brought in three lawyers, three attorneys. I guess they must be some constitutional scholars, maybe, because that's what they were talking about, right? They, they kept referring to them as constitutional scholars, and they were the ones that would understand the Constitution to determine if what Donald Trump did were high crimes and misdemeanors or impeachable offenses, and that's it. <clears throat> and uh, lately, you know, they talk about the quid pro quo. Lately, they've been saying they've been using the word bribery instead because it sounds better. Most people don't know what quid pro quo means. I mean, let's be honest. We're Americans. We're educated in public education, right? So uh, we go to school at public schools. We never hear the word quid. We never hear the word pro. And we don't even know what the quo means either, right? So when you think pro, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, professional football. That's what we're thinking. Professional baseball. Professional tennis player. Whatever. So most people have no idea what quid pro quo means, so they decided to go on the bribery route. So that was like a lot. Some of the talk was about whether bribery was a an offense and if, if in fact, Donald Trump did bribe somebody and so forth. And that's what it was all about. I mean, there was just three lawyers up there, two of them were clearly on the Democratic side. One of them was on the Republican side, uh, pretty much. I mean, Republican side-ish, I guess you'd say, because I wasn't sure if he was completely for Donald Trump or not. He didn't really make it that clear. But the other two are pretty far biased about uh, who they were, you know, the the idea that they were really for impeaching the president. So, eh, whatever. Um, I'm neither for nor against impeaching the president. I think I'm kind of just sitting around watching and seeing what's happening and just, you know, getting an understanding of what's going on. And this is what I came to the conclusion of yesterday after listening to those people talk, right? So, I mean, I've known this conclusion already, but 
Like the Democrats, they have their thing. The Republicans, they have their things. What the Democrats are going to do is they are going to go after Donald Trump on everything they possibly can, no matter what they started before the election. They're going to continue to try to push for impeachment no matter what. They're just going to keep on pushing on every single issue they can. They're trying to kind of run Donald Trump's name into the ground, it seems like to me, in order to really hopefully win in 2020 is what it sounds like to me. Um, Listening to the entire conversations that were going on, I don't really get the idea that it's like an impeachable offense, per se, of what what happened with this whole Ukrainian thing. I don't see it. Um, A lot of people don't see it. A lot of Americans don't see it. But then, you know, some people that hate the president, they clearly see that it's an impeachable offense and they want him gone. But how much of that is emotion? How much of that is just, you know, them getting caught up in emotions? But how much of the ideas that I have, which is, you know, I don't see it. I don't see an impeachable offense. How much is that just cognitive dissidence against the Democrats for the way they're running things? For a lot of Republicans, that's probably the case. For me, it's probably because I just don't trust politicians in the first place, right? Now, on the Republican side, they're discrediting it all together. They're just saying, you know, Donald Trump was looking out for the American people, that there was no quid pro quo. There was not anything linked, you know, like Donald Trump never linked the money to do an investigation, things like that. So they're just all just fighting back and forth. Um, in the end, at the end of the day, I just didn't see, I, I don't see that either side moved the needle either way is what I'm thinking, right? Neither side moved the needle at all with public opinion. If anything, it'll go along like it did two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago, it seemed like the Democrats were being unfair to the president, that they were just, it's a witch hunt, and he's able to frame it as such, right? And if anything, that's what they'll be seeing today as well. That's what the American people that are paying attention will see. So it might help Donald Trump. It might have help his favorability ratings. Who knows? I mean, the dude has a 48% favorable favorability rating right now, 48 to 50, right? So 48% favorable, 50% unfavorable. But the thing is, is he's been hovering around 41, 42, 43%. And when you get up to around 48 to 50%, he's doing better than Barack Obama was during this time, during his election, or during his presidency, right? So you're... A little less than a year out from the from the 2020 election, Barack Obama a little less than a year out from the 2012 election. And if you look at both Donald Trump and Barack Obama, favorability rings higher for Donald Trump than Barack Obama was at the same time. So will he get reelected? Who knows? My biggest takeaway, though, besides the fact that nothing moved the needle, um, that the Democrats are digging their heels and the Republicans are digging their heels in, Uh, The biggest takeaway that I had from this is as follows, guys. It was really interesting because you would never have Democrats say this if there was a Democrat president that was in this situation. And you would never have Republicans defend a Democrat in this way as well. So here it is, right? The Democrats, every time they talked, they were saying, they were like referring to executive power and reeling in executive power. And if we let... Donald Trump do this now. If we allow a president, a sitting president, to use foreign aid in order to get some foreign country to investigate and meddle in the elections that are coming up, investigate like a uh, an opponent, 
and then that would cause you know election meddling if we allow that now and allow Donald Trump to meddle in the election in that way whether he is or whether he isn't that's not that the difference that's a different story but if we allow Donald Trump to do it then it's going to set the precedent so that other presidents going to do it as well and then they also believe it or not talked about how Donald Trump believes under article 2 I guess of the constitution that the president has unlimited power that the president can do whatever he wants and there are presidents in the past that have felt the same way and they've used executive orders and executive power to do things that may or may not have been unconstitutional they basically told the congress you know gave the congress the finger and said screw you i'm going to do whatever i want to and that's what they're saying that donald trump's doing and they're trying to reel in the executive power the Democrats are doing that, and they're trying to appeal to the Constitution to reel in the executive power. They're trying to appeal to the Constitution to say that the president is, has too much authority and that he should not be doing that. And it's their obligation to reel in a president when they go outside of the Constitution. Now, the Republicans are defending Donald Trump, saying that he's not outside of the Constitution and that he's doing right by the American people, and so forth. Like, they're defending him to the nth degree. And the problem that I see is this. If it was the other way around, if it was Barack Obama or some other Democrat that was in the same situation, each side would just flip-flop, right? The Democrats would be defending their guy, and the Republicans would be saying, we need to reel in this president, executive power has gone too far, and da-da-da-da-da. I've always said this. If you're afraid of Donald Trump being president, or if you're afraid of Hillary Clinton being president, or if you're afraid of any individual being president, the only reason why you're afraid of that is because that person has too much authority. He has too much authority to manipulate your life. He has too much authority to change the history of the world. He has too much authority to have executive power to do this and that and another thing. So if you're afraid of Donald Trump for being racist or colluding with Putin or having the, his hands on the nuclear buttons or his ability to drone bomb people or his ability to lock people in prison or his ability to put up a border wall, if you're afraid of Donald Trump because of those things as a liberal, maybe we should rethink our government. Maybe we should rethink the power of the executive. Maybe we should rethink all the things that our government does that you've handed those the reins to an executive in order to dole out the money to do those things, right? Maybe we should reel in the size of government. Maybe we should take away the scope of government and start limiting the government so that we don't have an executive that has that much power, that can't go overseas and bomb people because we talk about not having a standing army or not having the authority to go overseas and do the things that they do because the Congress is the one that declares wars, right? But no, they've ceded that authority to the president, so the president goes and does it. He acts and then seeks forgiveness later, right? Do it. That's, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the one thing you learn as a kid. You just do it and, and, and apologize later. That's it. Ask permission after. You know, don't ask permission, ask forgiveness 
And that's what presidents do. But we've given them the authority to be able to send troops overseas. We've given them so much authority over the Department of Education, Department of Transportation. And then the states have ceded a lot of that authority as well because they want to get that money back from the federal government that's taken from them, from, taken from their states. So they will set speed limits at 55 if the government says so. They will make kids take standardizing tests and have a certain curriculum that the federal government mandates because they want to get that money. They'll continue to do that constantly because the federal government has too much power, guys. That's why we were afraid of Barack Obama in 2008 and the Tea Party rises out of that because they're afraid of a government takeover of health care. That's a direct response to the fact that people fear too much government. And people will act accordingly. But we shouldn't be afraid of that. We should start to learn, or we should, actually, yes, we should be afraid of executive power. These Congress people, they referred to the president as not being a king. And that the founding fathers, they kept referring to the founding fathers not wanting the president to have too much authority that they can act like a king. Because a king is all-powerful. The king has unlimited authority. And if the president thinks that he has unlimited authority, the ability to do anything because it's constitutional, then he will just act and then seek forgiveness later. Or he'll act in an inappropriate way. So whether if Donald Trump was acting inappropriately by trying to get Ukraine to investigate a political opponent, well, why does he have so much control over so much money in the first place? Why do we have ourselves in cahoots with every country out there trying to have power over the world. That's the problem. That's where we should start looking and saying, get rid of some of that authority, guys. That's what I say, okay? Because when I watch this entire debacle that's going on, this entire thing that's going on, that's all I think about. I think about the fact that our president has too much authority as it is. So, yeah, anyway, guys, um... That's what I was watching today. That was the entire judiciary thing that was going on. The the House Judiciary Committee was talking to these three attorneys, and those attorneys were supposed to be constitutional scholars that was going to tell whether it was constitutional or not. But it didn't really go anywhere at all. It really didn't. um, These politicians, each of them basically took their five minutes or whatever it was that they had to basically grandstand and talk about how the Republicans would say, well, look at this. If you could find one thing that the president did, you know, like to you guys, you said it has to be, uh, it has to be something that is an impeachable offense. It has to be something that is so controversial and so wrong that it is worth tearing the country apart over, right? And then they also said it has to be so evident that it's a crime that the entire country will think that. Most people will think that. And most people have taken one side or the other. And it's not because Donald Trump's such a great guy. Yes, he does have very, you know, strong support among certain people. But even someone like me, someone that I feel like I'm pretty much in the middle of all this stuff. Like, I don't take Republican side. I don't take Democrat's side. And it hasn't really changed my mind to think that it was right, an impeachable offense by any means. So 
but you would think like a normal person would be willing to be swayed towards it, right? And a lot of them, that's what they were saying. And even Nancy Pelosi said that as well. Something similar. So is it a high crime and misdemeanor? Is it, you know, him doing something that's impeachable? I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced right now. But it does shine a great light on the entire system that we have. And it kind of shows some of the weaknesses, right? Because I think that when you're looking at this whole impeachment thing, this is a direct result of a lot of the polarization that's been going on right now. Like if you know, if you noticed over the last 10 years or so, Republicans are voting in unison on everything. Democrats vote in unison on everything. And uh, in the mid, like there's no middle ground whatsoever. There's just everything's completely polarized. And I think that this is a direct result of that. What you're going to have is every time there's a house that gets elected and there's a new president, you're going to have that house going after that president for anything they could talk about to be impeachable, right? If they feel like that person is not looking out for the America's, uh, you know, Americans' interests, the American citizens' interests, if they feel like that's the case and they're going to go after that person for not... You know, for an impeachable offense, trying to make that sound like an impeachable offense. Because that's kind of like the way they're doing right now, it sounds like to me. But let's say Pete Buttigieg becomes, or, you know, yeah, Pete Buttigieg becomes president next go around. And the Republicans don't like it. Are they going to go after him? Right? Because there's that extreme polarization. And over time, I think it'll force somebody to be like more of a moderate that gets in. And then maybe... The Democrats and Republicans can like rally around one person, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think you'll ever have the the parties come together again, which I think, in general, that's a good thing. I do think that the polarization, in some ways, is a good thing, because it gets less done in Washington. It really does. But the only bad thing is, is when you have like the House of Representatives, the Senate, and the presidency and the power of one of the parties, that's when you start seeing, like, the Patriot Act getting passed, or us going to war, or, uh, well, we're always going to war, but you start seeing things like Obamacare get passed, things like that, you know? And then you see that pendulum start swinging back towards the other side, because you saw that with Obama, right? The, or, you know, with, with even with George W. Bush, the pendulum swings to the left. Barack Obama gets elected. And then 2010, the Democrats take the House, the Senate, and the presidency. Was that right? Yeah, I think it was 2000. No, it was 2006. Sorry, 2006 is when the, the House and the Senate became Democrat, and then they took the presidency. That's what it was. Barack Obama gets in. He rams through Obamacare, does all kinds of stuff in this effort to help out the economy and all that, the Tea Party movement rises up, they get people elected in 2010, and then in 2012, they take over the House. 2012, I think they took over the Senate as well, the Republicans, that pendulum starts swinging back the other way. But then by 2016, that pendulum swings to the point where Donald Trump gets elected. The Democrat, or the Republicans are in charge of the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And now that pendulum starts swinging back towards the left again. 
and then the House gets taken over in 2018 by the Democrats again. So it's just this pendulum swing back and forth. The American people are on that roller coaster, and I don't know. But what we need to redo, or what we need to do, is just rethink. We really do. We need to rethink the relationship that we have to our government, the expectations that we have of our government. Because we always have these super high expectations of our government passing a law to get things done. I don't know if it's like the way that people have been conditioned over time. Most likely, like I said, we're all a product of public education. We think somehow the government passing a law fixes everything. When the reality is, is nine times out of ten, they exacerbate the problem. That's it, right? So anyway, guys, hey, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, You keep on coming back, and I appreciate that. I see the numbers that they continue to go up on the show, and that's great. Um, It's it's really nice to see that people follow the show on a daily basis and listen on a daily basis. If you want to share it with your friends, I'd appreciate that as well. We are going into, like, the prime time of the election, so as we start seeing more people get on board with the show, that's going to be phenomenal. And uh, I, I don't know why you listen to me. But hey, here I am. You know, I'll keep on putting these shows out for you. So uh, if you want to check out the website, IonTheEmpire.com, you can also check me out on Facebook and on Twitter by typing in IonTheEmpire. You'll be able to find me there. And then uh, RayOnTheEmpire.com is the web, or is my uh, email address if you want to check me out as well and send me, like, a, drop me a message if you'd like. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got for you. And uh, I appreciate you joining me for another day in the life of the 2020 election. Friday's coming soon. Looking forward to a good weekend. I hope you are too. And uh, come on back tomorrow, though, so you can have clear vision for 2020.